I have an inordinate amount of trans friends. <laughs> like, I know, like, oh, probably verging on 10 trans people, all, like, in different social circles of my life, you know, and apparently most people don't know that many trans people. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to have friends who were willing to answer my questions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up a cross-generational conversation about leadership and power through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle, author of the book, Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And I'm Monica Doyle. Today's podcast is a subject that I'm very passionate about, the role of LGBTQ people in feminism, particularly trans people. Um, I'd briefly like to mention some terms we will be using today. One of the terms for, tra um, for trans people we refer to trans people as the gender they identify with. Trans woman and trans man are terms that we will be using today to describe their particular experiences as trans people. But it's important to remember that they are simply women and men with different experiences. Another term we will be using is cisgender, which is the term for people who feel comfortable with the gender assigned to them at birth. Um, how are you doing with that terms list I gave you, Anne? <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Monica gave me a great list of uh, a number of terms that some of which I've heard before, but I really didn't understand and some are new to me. So I am curious and I'll try to ask good questions and not stupid ones. <laughs> okay. Well, um, today we're fortunate to have my two friends, um, Grace, who is a trans woman, um, joining us uh, by phone. Welcome, Grace. Hi. Um, you recently came out as a trans woman uh, just in this year, is that correct? Uh, I think it was actually late 2018 in Missouri, kind of when I first came out. Oh, cool. Awesome. So um, it's been a little bit longer. Could you give us a quick look into how you discovered that you are trans? Well, like I said before, I always uh, felt like I wasn't really the man I was supposed to be, like I was told to be, and I uh, just knew that I was always uh, different, so I... I always wore women's clothing as a child and all that, and finally decided just to take the plunge and come out. It's a shame that Grace isn't in the studio with us today because she has a very awesome sense of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also are lucky enough to have my friend August um, provide a perspective on the topic. August is a trans man calling in to talk with us today. Hello, August. Hello. Um, August, you are our veteran trans here today. Um, I was fortunate enough to know both of you before your transition and into the present. Um, could you tell us a little bit about discovering your identity as a trans man? Yeah, um, I kind of felt like I was, I was questioning my gender probably around uh, uh, sophomore year in college, um, which is pretty late um, in some cases. I know there's no traditional trans experience, but... I kind of felt like a, a little bit of a late bloomer in that, and I just knew I didn't fit into the female uh, woman mold, um, and I did some exploring and uh, realized that I wasn't comfortable with uh, female pronouns. Um, eventually, I became uncomfortable with gender-neutral pronouns and realized that I uh, kind of wanted to fit into the mold of the, on the male uh, on the binary uh, area. Um, so then I started transitioning. Um, I didn't have a lot of um, indications as a child, um, but there were a few looking back on it um, that I can discuss later. 
Awesome. Well, and the reason that this topic is so important to me is I think trans people uh, are a very valuable perspective in feminism. They have a very unique experience of gender that cisgender people will never experience. And August, I know you mentioned this topic was something you had a lot to say about. Um, was Is there any reason why this is such a passionate s subject for you? Well, because um, trans people live the life of uh, on both sides. And um, to those who are wanting to talk about it, such as me, like I want to discuss this any time, um, it's important for people to see and hear about that different perspective that, that we have. Um, and I also grew up with many, many powerful and successful women in my life. And so I, I see it through their eyes. I've lived the life of a woman, and now I'm living the life of a man. And um, I also acknowledge the privilege that I have that I am now a, a white passing male um, in a society that caters to white passing men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I recognize that privilege, and I know that I have it, so I do my best to stand up for those who need an extra boost in their own voice. So I um, am very passionate about this this subject for sure because it's just it's important to me and it should be important to literally everyone regardless of their gender identity. So it's interesting to me that you bring up the subject of white male privilege, um, having transitioned from a woman to a man. Um, I'm I'm actually curious, Grace. Um, have you experienced sort of the opposite of that? Uh, in a way. Uh, I haven't really uh, experienced too much of the opposite of it, but I do definitely see the change, uh, especially just because uh, most people aren't comfortable around trans women. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wouldn't say I really experienced the opposite too much. It's just the, the bigotry of uh, being a trans, uh, living as a trans woman. <laughs> and those are the kind of questions that I wanted to ask and to hear more about. And um, backing up really first to what you were saying, August, that you actually noticed the difference. And can you give us, and then I want to come to you, Grace, can you give, share a couple of specific examples of the kinds of things that you noticed in terms of how you were treated uh, as one or the other? Yeah, for sure. Um, back when I was in college, I was dating a woman who lived in Akron. I went to college in Columbus. So I take the Greyhound a lot, and oftentimes I'd get back late, and I'd have to walk because I didn't have a car. And I was terrified. I mean, every time I, of course, I was terrified. Back This is back when I was living my life as a person who identified as a woman. And so what I would do is I'd have this um, sweatshirt with cat ears on it, <laughs> and uh, headphones, like these, those giant skull candy headphones, and mm -hmm. I would just, my goal was to just make myself look as weird <laughs> as possible so that weirdos wouldn't talk to me or come up to me. Mm -hmm. And so that was my experience and many other women, women's experiences in having to, you know, being forced to walk somewhere late at night. Mm -hmm. And and. Oh, yeah, okay, that's what I wanted to know. And then now? 
and now I don't have to worry about it. You know, I, they, they see my like broad chest and my broad shoulders and my short hair and they leave me alone. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Nobody really bothers me. Yeah. And Grace, you mentioned just sort of the, I guess, the bias or the kinds of things that you've experienced that might not have been male versus female, but just at at who you are as a trans person? Yep. Would you share something about that so people who have no, I never experienced this can have a sense of what you deal with? Well, uh, the most recent example actually was the one that happened on Facebook. Uh, just a random article popped up on my feed. I put a comment on there like four weeks later. Some person responds to it. It had nothing to do with sexuality, gender, anything. And he just uh, posts on there, never take advice from a man in a way. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just hear stuff like that. Uh, have people, like, call me out, like, walking uh, down the street occasionally and just other, you can just tell, like, uh, the other day I was, uh, up to a dinner with my one friend, Christy, and, uh, she had her, uh, friend with her, and, uh, she, he was, we told him about how I was, uh, trans woman, and he's, and he's like, oh, you're that dude in the, that one wig that she showed me. <laughs> so, they said trans, and then he misgendered you. Exactly. Yeah, immediately. Well, well, some things, uh, I come from, uh, I'm a baby boomer generation, and uh, I would say this, uh, people just didn't talk about this, yeah. you know, it was completely not talked about, and now we are beginning to talk about it. I mean, the New York Times has had a number of articles recently that I've tried to read, and do you feel, both of you, a sense of um, some curiosity or interesting curiosity of people wanting to learn? Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Uh, a lot of the uh, older people that I've talked to and all that, they seem to be a lot more accepting. Uh, I, I haven't really talked to too many of uh, my conservative older, older friends, but uh, the, of the ones I did talk to, they were very curious about different things, uh, asking me uh, what my preferred name is, what, like, and all that stuff. But So I've definitely seen a lot of curiosity towards it. Just in terms of a willingness to learn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, so one thing that I've discovered while I was, you know, researching some of this stuff is I have an inordinate amount of trans friends. <laughs> like, I know, like, oh, probably verging on 10 trans people, all like in different social circles of my life, you know, and apparently most people don't know that many trans people. Um so I've been fortunate enough to have friends who were willing to answer my questions. Um, did, does it ever get tedious to answer questions, or is it a topic that you just want to keep like spreading the word so that it becomes more normalized? Uh, it can become tedious if they just keep on asking the same repetitive questions over and over again. Yeah, that I can imagine. Like If you told them once or twice already and they keep asking you after that, it's something. But if it's a new person, I have no problem sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, also, it depends on my mental health uh, yeah. of the day. Um, sometimes I'm exhausted and I don't really feel like, you know, discussing my identity. 
So I'll I'll do what I can. I'll do the bare minimum. Other days I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's sit down. Let's have coffee. Mm-hmm. And some of what we've been talking about is just sort of um, normal social interaction. But I'm also wondering about things like um, maybe discrimination in terms of essential things such as having a job, getting a job, employment, housing. Um, what have been your experiences in terms of things like that? Actually, I've heard some things from Grace about that already. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, Grace, you want to start? Yeah. Well, uh, I haven't really came out to my workplace, but I've been, like, slowly, like, uh, making a few changes here and there. Uh, the one time I did wear nail, nail polish at work, my uh, store manager was not very happy at all, uh, calling it unprofessional, saying I shouldn't be wearing that to work. And so just uh, something that you have to dig in your heels about and fight against. Yeah. Well, has has that come up at all at work? Have have you discussed with them um, that it was actually unprofessional for him to say something like that? I haven't gone straight towards them because uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really looking to push the issue. Yeah, I can understand it's that. It's my job at this point. <laughs> <laughs> August? So I was fortunate enough to come out while I was working at Jack Prince, and they're very open-minded and accepting, so everyone was pretty happy and supportive, Um, but the job that I currently have, um, it's very, uh, it's the opposite, so I'm constantly uh, fighting and thinking that I need to put in 10 times extra effort that everyone else does in order to prove that I am I am a trans person, but I'm a hard worker, instead of being a trans person, that's also a slouch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, while I haven't uh, directly uh, experienced things like Grace has or any other trans person, it's like it's stuff like that. So um, I hope you don't mind me for bringing this up, August, but uh, I do remember a story that you shared one time of trying to pick up your medication. And yeah, and somebody basically told you that you shouldn't be taking it. Was that it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I had been going to this pharmacy for about a year, <laughs> picking up my tea. Um, and tea is uh, testosterone for those who don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and uh, the head pharmacist was like. Can I, uh, can I see you over here where the door is? So he came up to the door and asked me, this, like, this isn't really something that female patients take. So I just wanted to let, I just wanted to make sure that this is correct. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been coming here for a year. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm trans. I need this medicine. Yeah, well, and... And uh, he's like, okay, well, all right, fine. You know, I'll make a note on your account. <laughs> so so does that mean... So then that means that you have a doctor, mm-hmm. and I'm interested in learning about that in terms of that. Are, do you go to doctors? There are doctors then who are working with you and um, prescribing... Yes. Uh, ...either testosterone or estrogen mm-hmm. uh, to help you make the transition. And is that situation improving? Um, yeah, it, actually, it wasn't super hard for me to 
the we see endo or I see um, an endocrinologist. Okay. Um, and it wasn't wasn't super hard to start seeing one. Um, I had to go to a therapist for a little while, which I was doing already, and then um, she prescribed or she wrote a letter saying saying uh, August is approved to take testosterone because of this and that. And back then, being uh, your gender identity uh, or no, your being trans was basically considered a mental health issue. Like it was in the what is it, the DSM? Mm-hmm. Um, DSM. I don't understand that. What's that? Uh, that's like the big book of mental health, uh, mental, uh, what's, what's the right word for it? So it was considered like a like a disorder, like an affliction. Yeah. Oh, is it still considered that? No, it's it's just... Um, it's uh, like, there's a name for it. It's called dysphoria. Dysphoria, yeah. What they, what they call it. Gender dysphoria. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, in other words, it's treated right now as... Um, Sort of like uh, like depression, like anxiety. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's treated more as you know, like a human state instead of like psychopath uh-huh. <laughs> you know? or a physical thing. It, it's it's yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And and you can transition physically, but you don't have to transition physically to be a trans person. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm also curious about your families uh, and. You both of you mentioned a little bit at the beginning in terms of when you first, as a as a child and as a young person, um, started being conscious about gender and sex, uh, in terms of what your born sex is versus what your gender identity is, and um, so I'm interested in anything you would share about maybe your family's reactions as you were coming to terms with this as a young person. Well, and now. <laughs> why don't we start with August? Um, he has a lot of experience with this. Yeah, so when I was a kid, um, my friends and I, we all lived on the same street, and uh, we would play these uh, uh, games, we call them, and we would uh, make uh, invent characters. And every character that I ever invented was a man. Um, and... Not to mention, I had a crush on my best friend, who was a girl, um, as well. So, uh, for the longest time, like I said, I didn't really, I didn't think about my gender identity. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, I know I'm not a girl, until I was probably like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, looking back on it, it's just like, wow, like, I... I had some sort of issue with the way that I presented myself to the world, and I didn't really even realize it. Well, I'm wondering about your family. Um, as you were beginning to realize this yourself, um, did you have support from your family? Yeah, they were fine with it. Because um, I had already put them through the ringer like a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> coming out as bi and then coming out as a lesbian. And oh, I didn't realize out. you came out as bi before you came out as a lesbian. I did. I wanted to soften the blouse. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and this was your uh, mom and dad and brothers and sisters? Yes, mom, dad, and three sisters that are older than me. <clears throat> so they were, 
they were fine. Um, they were probably kind just, of excited that they had three daughters and a son. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad, especially, <laughs> I actually thought he was going to be bummed about everything, but I think he's happy <laughs> to finally have, like, a male, <laughs> a son. <laughs> well, so, uh, that worked out pretty well for him. Well, that's <laughs> just good. Just had to wait 20, 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Grace, um, I... I think this might be a little bit more of a sensitive subject for you, so um, talk talk to us to your comfort level, if you don't mind, about your experience with your family. Well, that's a pretty simple one. The only person I talk to is about my sister. She's the only one I trust. Okay. She but, is. Uh, she's the only one you've been able to talk to about it. Yeah, her and my friends. Yeah, well, and one thing that I'd actually like to mention um, in regards to family and the trans community is uh, I think one of the reasons I know so many trans people is because the convention community that all of us are a part of is very supportive of the trans community. Have you guys both experienced that? Oh, I could say that for 100% true. Yeah. And would you clarify what convention community that so, is you're yeah, talking to so about? We've, we've spoken on this show before about how I go to my anime conventions. Um, and it's a very big community, um, lots of people, a very tight-knit community. And transgender is a very big topic with them because uh, the whole nature of anime conventions was already one of acceptance. Um, so naturally, uh, trans and LGBTQ people were welcomed with open arms. Um, I've seen Grace be herself so vibrantly at conventions. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we hang out, we have fun, and um, you know, it's just one of the best places to be who you are. And I think that's why trans people... I mean, I'm not sure if trans people gravitate towards it or if people just are able to discover themselves at these conventions. What would you two say about that? <laughs> well, I can say I, can dis I discovered myself at a convention when <laughs> it first came out, so. August? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've never experienced anything but love, no matter who I was from the uh, convention crowd. For sure. I mean, even when I was, even when I was selling at my table, um, all, all I ever got was love. <laughs> you guys are making me want to cry. You know, we've been talking a lot about your personal experiences, but I'm interested also in your perspective on the big picture in terms of the entire community. You know, of trans people uh, in this country, or they could be listening anywhere in the world. Um, for example. Let's say uh, legislation such as the Equal Rights Amendment, that uh, I as a woman um, have been hor <laughs> horrified, I was going to say, but or maybe furious that for all of my life I realized that women, the female half of the human race, is not included in the United States Constitution. So um, do you think that the ERA, for example, would also protect trans people, or is there something else that your community is thinking that we need to do from a legal point of view? Um, well, I'm not sure. Uh, so I actually did some research on that subject okay. while I was um, writing your uh, <laughs> your list of notes for your um, terms. Some ideas of things we could talk about? Yeah, I wrote her a list of terms, and I was coming up with some stuff to put on the list for her. And one thing that I stumbled across was the Equality Act which is very similar 
to the Equal Rights Amendment, um, but it just basically is a language to include transgender and LGBTQ people as well. So it's it's relatively the same thing. Um, it's currently passed the House. Um, I'm not super good at mm, politics okay. stuff. Okay, in terms of where we are, in terms of that. Yeah. yeah, but I one thing that I thought was really interesting about it is, you know, we've been trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment forever, and then here we have this other thing saying, like, can we get in on that too? Because it should include everybody. And actually, if you read um, the... Well, it says equality of rights yes. shall not be denied on the basis of sex. It's one yes. sentence, and it's very simple. Yes. And so to me, that would include, regardless of what yes. your sex is, you know, how you identify whatever, mm -hmm. you should have equal rights under the law. Yes. So they are, are very similar. Um, the Equality Act, I think one of the only thing that's different is it has just a couple more wordings in it to include terms like um, gay, transgender, lesbian, bisexual, all of that. Um, but so in that term, I think this is where we could talk about how feminism um, is mutually beneficial to both of our communities. Not that feminism and trans people are exclusive to each other. I'd like to think that all trans people are feminists. <laughs> Well, I would like to think that people who are for um, equality of human yeah. beings should yeah. be allies. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, why would we be allies only of certain people mm -hmm. if we ourselves are fighting for um, equality as part of the human race? Well, and on that note, Grace actually brought up an interesting acronym, TERF, Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Grace, can you talk about that mm. a little bit for us? Uh, those are uh, people like our uh, beloved J.K. Rowling, uh -oh. who uh, believes that uh, trans women are just men trying to take over the feminist movement for themselves. She said that? Well, she didn't say that. She just finally came out saying that she doesn't believe that the trans uh, community belongs in feminism. But... Oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Mm -hmm. So there are people who think that just... Uh, Toxic masculinity is all they see in trans women when it comes to feminism. So um, the TERF acronym tends to be uh, ten sort of targeted towards trans women in particular? No, it's targeted towards the people that hate the trans women. Ooh, okay. It's our term against them. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, and and there's a whole list of great different terms that Monica had given to me <laughs> as I was trying to learn about the subject. But um, the one, this uh, a neutral pronoun Z, would you explain what that is? Oh, yeah. So actually, um, August spent a while um, as gender neutral while he was kind of discovering who he was as a person. Um, and I actually took it on myself to be very particular about using gender-neutral pronouns, um, but there is an invented pronoun, and I'm sure both of you have heard of it, the Z pronoun. Yeah. Yep. So it's basically... And is it Z-I-E? Is that how you spell that? I've seen it both Z-I-E and X-I-E. Okay. I'm not sure about you two. I've seen it as Z-I. Z-I? Oh, Okay. Um, well, basically, it's just an umbrella term that is supposed to replace terms like he, she. So 
ideally everybody would be referred to okay. as this. So we would just get rid of the he, she altogether and people would be referred to by this gender neutral pronoun so that we d- wouldn't have to dis- distinguish between sexes. And, and how do you feel about that, Grace and August? Do you have opinions on that? No, nope. well, maybe not. Well, <laughs> if it came down to me, uh, if, if everybody was doing, I'd be fine with it. But as of right now, I prefer she and her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I I have actually tried to practice using it, and it's very difficult to replace um, a regular part of your language. But to wrap things up, um, Anne, I know baby boomers have experienced a different view of trans people than my generation, and you may not have been able to have a conversation like this in the past. Um, What do you think cisgender feminists can learn by reaching out to our transgender feminists? Well, I would agree that my generation had very little experience talking about this topic, and I uh, I think that we can all learn if you are a lifelong learner and and hungry for new information. I think I think it's really important, and I hate to limit it just to feminists. I mean, I think it's uh, all of us. If you don't know about it, I mean, uh, I hope people will listen to this, mm-hmm. and I really want to thank August and Grace for. Um, being willing to come on this podcast with us and talk about it. I certainly learned some things. Oh, awesome. Well, and August and Grace, would you guys like to leave us uh, with maybe some messages for baby boomers interested in learning a little bit more about transgender? Uh, Let's start with Grace. Uh, I'll uh, ask away. Uh, I have no, just uh, be accepting of everyone that you meet. Don't have any prejudgments on them. I think that's excellent. August? Yeah, um, I think never, never box yourself in. Always be willing to learn new things, and uh, if the person that you perceive may not be the person that is in front of you. It might be deeper than that. So and never, never be afraid to learn new things about other people. Awesome. Well, thank you, Grace and August, for being with us today. It was amazing talking to you. All right. So to anybody experiencing gender dysphoria, I'd like to tell you, you are not alone. If you need someone to talk to, please call the transgender hotline at 877-565-8860. One more time. It's 877-565-8860. And that is the transgender hotline. And I'm Monica Doyle. Thanks for being with us, everybody. I'm Ann Doyle. And And let's let's all go power up. Thanks for joining us at Powering Up. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. Monica and I always love to hear from you through the Powering Up Women Facebook page or at Ann Doyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work.